Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Paul Calvisi joins me. Time to talk about the Patriots. And when you talk about the Patriots, one name comes to mind. Bill Belichick. So what should the Cardinals expect on Monday? Expect the unexpected. We, though, should expect a win. It's been way too long. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 623, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed him. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray Magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealou. So those of us here on the West Coast, in the NFC West specifically, we do not see the New England Patriots a lot. But when we do, Paul, it's amazing. Just reading this week, listening to the questions, listening to the answers from coaches and players, it's always one man, one individual, and he will not be between the lines on Monday nights. But we're talking about Patriots head coach Bill Belichick. Yeah, it's the New England fighting Belichicks. You're right. Even the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, now someone who played for Bill Belichick, someone who told the media going into this game that he learned more in that one year as a rookie 2003 six-round draft pick. Oh, a six-round quarterback for the New England Patriots, not named Tom Brady. It was Cliff Kingsbury that he learned more that one year. Just in terms of coaching 101 is the way Cliff Kingsbury put it. Think about that. Think about the guy who was the son of a high school football coach in Texas and everything he learned just how to go about game planning, how to go about organizing a practice schedule and and assembling that team and getting ready for a game. That's what Bill Belichick is all about, and that's what you think of, at least to me. I think of a team that won't beat itself. That's what you're going to get. Are you going to recognize a lot of the names and faces and numbers and names on the backs of jerseys? Probably not, although they have plenty of standout players. It's just their task, the way they go about that task, and the way they're always game-ready, seemingly. I, I go back to 2020 in that empty Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, the COVID year, and Cam Newton's stinking up the joint with a passer rating somewhere in the 20s, and you're thinking, man, there's no way the Cardinals can lose to this team, to this quarterback. Yet the Patriots found a way. And, and for all those uh, – Everything that's made about those last two losses of the 2020 season, and rightfully so, you lost to C.J. Beathard in Week 16, and then you lost to John Wolford in Week 17. I get it. It was a few weeks earlier at New England that that was an inexcusable loss. Inexplicable, maybe, is a better way to put it. And why? Well, it came down to the Patriots making a play on special teams, turning that game, and just the way they were able to finish that game and getting a game-winning field goal. The fact the last three times you've played the Patriots has come down to a game-winning field goal attempt. So I expect another close game. I, I really do. I think the Cardinals will be fired up. But that X factor, to your point, is always Bill Belichick. And, and we heard it all week in the locker room from so many different angles. The preparation that those players – get each and every day to prepare for the unexpected, to prepare for the unlikely, any scenario, whether it's early in the game or late in the game, because you're right. And what does Belichick do best? He takes away what you do best. Although they'll argue, Paul, what do the Cardinals really do best when you look at this offense going up against the Patriots defense? Because, yeah, it's 
I, I, you know, what do you take away as far as the number one weapon? Well, that would be DeAndre Hopkins. But really, this Cardinals offense, I don't think, has an identity quite yet. So maybe that's to the Cardinals' advantage to a certain extent here in Week 14. You're right. Does Belichick look at the Cardinals' last game against the Chargers and say, wait a minute, we're taking away James Conner? He had 25 carries for a buck 20 on the ground, and the Cardinals as a team ran for 181. Or is that just something the Cardinals got away with or excelled at because the Chargers were historically bad in yards per carry allowed? That's a good question. If you listen to Bill Belichick going into this game and all the props and praise he heaped on DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, you're lucky if you get a couple of mumbles and a grunt out of Belichick on your typical Q&A at a press conference. He went off and gave the longest quote ever on the prowess of DeAndre Hopkins. He was pretty much Tolstoy. What the Russian novelist was to the written word, that's what Belichick was to the soundbite on DeAndre Hopkins. And I'll bottom line it because the last thing he said about Hop was, quote, he's every bit as good as anybody I've ever coached against. And that was after a lot of other flowery things he said about him. So does that mean the Patriots are going to start with DeAndre Hopkins? It was interesting, was it not, to hear Hop say that Belichick historically – has had, quote, a certain way he plays me. And I'm not going to tell you what that is, but I do have an expectation as to how he's going to play me. And what is the number that D-Hop in his career in the AFC against Belichick? I believe it's one in seven. One in seven. So, okay, and then Kyler Murray meeting the media says, yeah, in 2020, he played me a certain way. So is that different than any other team has approached Kyler Murray? What does that mean for Monday night? No one's really given details as to the X's and O's, but the answer to your question is yes. I do think that Belichick starts with D-Hop, and then 1B is Kyla Murray, and there's certain ways. Because, look, Josh Allen has been a problem for Belichick's defense. They went 23 straight drives without punting over two-plus games. The Bills did. They've won three of the last four against the Patriots. Josh Allen is a mobile quarterback. Now, a totally different style of running than a Kyla Murray. Here comes 6'5", 235, and he's just going to run over you if needed, Josh Allen. That's obviously not Kyla Murray. But but you can't tell me that Belichick isn't a little concerned, a little bit, with a mobile quarterback because based on past games, that sort of quarterback has had success against the Patriots. I want to go back to what you said about D-Hop because I'll give you credit. It was your question, and I think it might be the first time this season that we've heard whether it was a coach, an assistant, or a player, say thank you for asking that question. But you could tell it meant a lot to Hop that Belichick went out of his way glowingly praising what DeAndre Hopkins has done not only this season but his entire career. And there is a reverence that these players have for Coach Belichick. Even Kyler Murray brought it up as well that he's one person that – every one of those players on the Cardinals sideline might seek out in postgame, no matter what the outcome of the game is. But it is always that feather in the cap if you can beat a Belichick team. Cardinals, as you mentioned, did not do it in 2020, losing 20-17. to Did not do it when the Patriots last visited the Cardinals in the regular season. Oh. Don't want to bring up 2016. It was week one, and yeah, but it was 23-21. So a close game, yeah. To be expected, and this is a Patriots defense, going back to Kyler Murray, the one thing this Patriots team does do very well is get after opposing quarterbacks, although Kyler Murray is just a different kind of quarterback. 
Yeah, when you see the Patriots' defense is number three in sacks overall in the NFL as a team, Mac Judon is number two behind Nick Bosa, 13 sacks going into this week. Josh Uche has been coming on. He's that speed rusher off the edge with tremendous bend. You saw him in that Thursday night against the the Bills and their two backup tackles. He had his way. And then they have a stud defensive lineman, Dietrich Wise, with six and a half sacks. That front is stout. There's no question about it. And then, of course, the Cardinals' offensive line is comprised of Beach and the backups. That's what we're calling them these days. You have four starters on IR, and then Kelvin Beachum, the one constant, the right tackle. So they're going to have their hands full up front. I fully expect, talking to some of the guys, that you'll see a lot of Cardinals tight ends chip blocking. You'll see James Conner in there. You know, good size and physicality for a running back. He'll be asked to help pass protect probably more often than not, depending on how the Cardinals' front holds up against that Patriots' front seven. They're not known for really dialing it up as much. They don't have to. They don't have to bring numbers, but I think you'll see that as well, especially, you know, if you go back to that game at Foxborough 2020, they did a really good job mugging the A and B gaps and coming up and getting pressure, inside pressure, which of course is problematic to any quarterback, especially Kyler Murray. They're going to try and flush him out to the sides and then boom, here comes Judon and Uche. You know, that that's something to look at. Um, but but you, you have a Cardinals offense that if they do have the ability to take away or minimize a DeAndre Hopkins, guess what? Here comes Hollywood Brown. And to me, that's what I'm looking at. This is game two. You sort of had the feeling out process against the Chargers the first time ever, Hollywood and D-Hop together. Okay, so now can you make them pay for these two high safety, soft shell coverages? Can you get that that in intermediate passing game going? Can you get the underneath stuff? Take what the Patriots give you. Can you be precise? Because I'm guessing Belichick's going to force you to go ahead and have a 10, 12, 15 play drive. Sort of like what the Rams have tried to do, the Niners have tried to do. I'm guessing that's what Belichick is going to put on the Cardinals. And can you not be your own worst enemy? Can you not get victimized by the unforced errors? Because that's essentially what these defenses are asking you to do, to be flawless and precise over an extended drive. Can the Cardinals do that on Monday night? What lessons were learned from that game against the Chargers with respects to Hollywood and D-Hop. First time on the field together, they were targeted a combined 10 times, but I'll go back to that fourth quarter. They were targeted a combined one time in those final drives where Trey McBride got twice as many targets, too. So does that change? Because you're right. If you're going to take away DeAndre Hopkins and that opens up a Hollywood Brown. Patriots do have some decent cover guys. Jonathan Jones in the secondary, a team best eight Passes defensed, three interceptions, but the key is he's well-tested. The last two games, Justin Jefferson, although Jefferson had 139 receiving yards and a touchdown two weeks ago, or I should say a week and a half ago on Thursday night, Stephon Diggs, 92 receiving yards and a touchdown. So Jones can't do it all by himself. He does have another other guys in there, a Jack Jones, a former ASU product, and then those safeties, Devin McCourty and Kyle Duggar. So it is somewhat of a strength of the Patriots' defense, that secondary, but we have seen, i.e. Jefferson and Diggs, really exploit the Patriots' defense. We did see a little bit of a different run game by the Cardinals. And we had James Conner on the Big Red Rage this week, and he didn't necessarily say it was different plays because, you know, that's a big line of question with New England. 
everyone is all over Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia in the offense. And Belichick had a comment this week. He said, look, this is on WEI, the radio show that he does every week. And he said, quote, we're not going to the wishbone offense here. We're not going to run the veer, meaning we're not changing the entire playbook or the DNA of our offense. Now you watch. Play number one, right. they'll run the wishbone right. just to right. stuff it in yeah. everyone's face. Yeah, here comes the full house backfield. You're right. So with that in mind, when you have Steve Hyden now and Brian Natkin running the Cardinals' offensive line room as the run game coordinator, Steve Hyden, replacing the now-dismissed Sean Kugler, what does that mean exactly? I think you did see more of a north-south run game against the Chargers. In fact, James Conner, he commented on that. He confirmed that much, that yes, we were more intent on getting more physical in the run game, more north-south. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury told us after the game they wanted James Conner on those DBs, especially the corners. Conner nodded. He said, yeah. He said, yeah. When, when in doubt, we were trying to get on those corners of the run game because they're going to turn it down eventually. They don't want to tackle. They have to tackle. It's part of their job. They'd rather cover and try and make plays in the passing game. So, okay, we're going to get them out on, on those smaller corners. So I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of that against the Patriots. We'll see if they can actually get outside because Judon is very good at setting the edge. But with that that being the case, I'm curious how this run game evolves, especially coming off a of bye week. What does that mean? If you self-scouted, and they did, what did you see? Where else can you maybe maximize the talent? Because I think we all agree, hit zoom out, there's still a lot to be maximized in this Cardinals offense. Oh, there's no question. That we haven't seen. At the very least, can you turn in a complete game on offense? To your point, everything dried up in the fourth quarter. Why? What happened? Can you just get a consistent game? And then how many times have we talked about it over the last week plus? Can you get Kyler Murray back to what he looked like the first half, the first two-thirds of last season when he was a legitimate MVP candidate? Can you get him back to that? Because, Gree, I tell you what, if it isn't some of the noise that's out there from the Patrick Petersons and the other BS that's floating around, then you have things like this. You have the QB power rankings. <laughs> that are put out by the NFL CBS Twitter account, okay? Oh, boy. Wolf loves it when I bust out the power rankings. But I thought this was conspicuous by its disrespect when Kyler Murray is ranked 18th in the latest QB power rankings. It's not so much that he's 18th. It's who he's behind. Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, these are all quarterbacks that going into this season. It was no question Kyler was a better player, was a higher-ranked quarterback than all those guys I just listed. Daniel Jones was taken after Kyler in the draft. He was the sixth overall pick and thought to be a reach by the New York Giants at the time. Now he's ahead of Kyler in these power rankings. So if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm looking at this, I'm going, I got five games. I got five games to reestablish myself and my reputation in this league. Numbers, though, back up those power rankings, because when you look at Kyler's numbers, yards per attempt, a career low. In fact, it ranks 34th among quarterbacks. Paul, there's only wow. 32 teams in the National Football League. Wow. His average pass length, 29th. Average pass length completion, 34th. Again, there's only 32 teams in the National Football League, and it goes back to what you're saying. Can Kyler Murray become Kyler Murray again? The lack of a deep ball threats in this offense when the longest pass play is a catch and run and a lot of rung of Greg Dorch 47 yards that was not a bomb 
that was underneath and then Greg Dortch doing what Greg Dortch does. But can we connect, can Kyler connect with a Hollywood Brown, a Robbie Anderson, whomever? Maybe it is Greg Dortch coming back this week after the thumb injury kept him out of the Chargers game, but a deep shot either to the sideline or down the middle. We have not seen that this season. We haven't. And, and you know what? There's really no excuse in terms of the chemistry because we've seen Kyler and D-Hop excel. We know Kyler and Hollywood Brown had instant chemistry. So that's not what it is. But you have to diagnose what, why. Can these teams really continue to get away with these soft shell coverages, these two high safeties? You have to be able to make them pay, get that safety up into the box, and then hit them deep. And if nothing else, can you find the tight end, working the seams, working the underneath drags? That's where Trey McBride comes in. Kyler was pretty forthright with the media this week. we got to get Trey McBride going. Got to get him going as a round two rookie. The time is now. But, yes, and you know what? It's not necessarily that some of those completions aren't there. It's that the Cardinals have missed him. Yes. Kyler has missed him. He hasn't been as accurate or plays haven't been made on the ball in those one-on-one situations. So there's no question in my mind that that is job number one. First of all, it's number one himself, Kyler Murray. Then number two, it's where is the downfield passing attack? We ask the question just flat out, blunt, what is up with the downfield passing attack or lack thereof? And and Cliff Kingsbury didn't give any real specifics. Is that because he isn't willing or they don't know? And I would say the latter is probably more concerning than the former. If there's really isn't an answer yet, then why not? And Because you do need these answers, I think, going into the offseason. That's where these five games come in. Okay, what are you? Where do you need to improve? And if you go into January with all these question marks, that's worse than having the answers because at least the answers can be addressed and ideally remedied. But if you go in with too many question marks and unknowns, then that, that gray area – is more concerning to me than anything. The concerning part when you talk about the deep ball threat is historically, at least the last couple of seasons, Kyler Murray has been number one, the best quarterback as far as accuracy on passes downfield, the deep threat. Now he's near the bottom amongst those quarterbacks. Does he have time to throw the deep ball? Are receivers getting separation? Are they beating their man off the line of scrimmage? Is there are they are there opens yeah. opening lanes passing lanes for Kyler Murray now again the protection this week it will be his ninth different offensive line combination if Rashad Coward does not play I'm not expecting him to he hasn't practiced this week due to a chest issue he started the last three games at left guard does Cody Ford come in and replace him at left guard now all of a sudden again Calvin Beecham he's looking all right. Who do I have to my left down the line this week? And you know what? If Cody Ford goes a complete game, that's not the worst thing in the world. Because you need to know. You need to know. You need to know at that left guard spot. You really do. Josh Jones, okay. Let's see Josh Jones now against Matthew Judon. Inuche. I mean, that that's a pretty big test. It's a significantly stiffer test than you saw against the L.A. Chargers front. There's no question, minus a Joey Bosa. And Khalil Mack wasn't much of a factor, if anything. What's ironical, if you will, about all this is that the Patriots are dealing with a lot of the same issues. Here's Kendrick Bourne this week, and I quote, We've got to get the ball downfield. Mack needs more time. Wide receivers can't do anything if the ball, if we can't get it downfield. If we can't throw it past five yards, it's going to be a long game. So 
these two offenses in some ways are mirror images of each other, at least the passing games. When you look at, at what Kendrick Bourne voiced, when you look at that tirade by Mac Jones on Thursday Night Football where he said, and we think, we're quoting, throw the bleeping ball, the bleeping running game sucks. Now he went on to say later, he was talking about the quick game, he wants more downfield passing. Okay, either way, it's an issue. It's a box that the Patriots feel like they have to check. And and you look at Mac Jones' numbers. You know, to your point about Kyla Murray, most of the people watching the New England Patriots on a game by game, play by play basis would agree that Mac Jones looks much more like a rookie quarterback this year than he did last year with Josh McDaniels. And then you combine that with the comments that Vance Joseph made Loved them. about Matt Patricia. And I'm sure those made highlights, headlines and waves in New England because that's exactly what a lot of the Patriots fans are lamenting. If you don't know what we're talking about, Vance Joseph meets the media each week. He's very engaging, very forthcoming when asked questions, and he was asked about the Patriots and their offense, and he called it a very conservative passing game. But then he added this, quote, it's like a defensive guy is calling the offense, end quote. Now, that is entirely true. Because Matt Patricia, background in defense. Heck, Joe Judge on that offensive staff, background in special teams. But what I think what VJ was getting at is it's more conservative, but maybe taken out of context. Oh, it's Vance Joseph takes a shot at the Patriots offense. Now all of a sudden, Vance Joseph is in the crosshairs of perhaps those New England Patriots players. But it's to your point, when you look at the numbers, no, it is conservative. It is like you're playing a defensive-minded offensive coordinator, but that goes to the head coach, Bill Belichick. His background's in defense, and that's what Vance talked about. That's When you have that defensive background, you tend to be less conservative, shorter passing attempts, and you try to get downfield, milk some clock, and that's what we're seeing out of the Patriots, what we've seen even when Tom Brady was the quarterback. And you know what? Vance Joseph voiced what a lot of the players will tell you in the Cardinals locker room is that if you try and analyze and assess the, the Patriots offense, it's the screen game, number one. It's the quick game, number two. And then stopping the run. Really in that order. It's that short passing game. It's, you know, a couple of guys said you're going to see at least 10 to a dozen screens on Monday night. And, and then Vance Joseph. Um, well, he ended up in the New England media because he essentially said the same thing. So what does that mean? Keep in mind that the Patriots played three games in 12 days but have had 11 days coming off Thursday night football in Week 12 to prepare for this Week 14. So guess what? Um, they have had the ability to maybe make a few adjustments to the past game. Are they going to look a little different schematically? Maybe, potentially. We'll see, maybe especially in light of those Vance Joseph comments. What is Matt Patricia doing to try and prove everybody wrong, especially in prime time, the bright lights of Monday night football? I don't think they want to pick up where they left off on Thursday night football, right? You'll have Mac Jones and shotgun five wide. <laughs> right. They'll spread it out, look like yeah. Cliff Kingsbury in the offense and the air rate, and go to work. Well, you know what's interesting, too, is, is we brought up some of this on Cliff Kingsbury's TV show, just the conservative short passing game, Mac Jones, and he said, yeah, but – you go back to the Minnesota game two games ago, Thanksgiving Day, and Mac Jones had a career day. He went 28 of 39 for 382, two touchdowns, no picks, and a passer rating of nearly 120. So, you know, look, uh, they have shown it in flashes. It hasn't been strictly the short captain checkdown sort of philosophy from Mac Jones. They did have that success against the Vikings 
So uh, we'll see. Now, they've also had issues at times protecting Mac Jones. In, in two games against the Jets, Robert Sala has registered a dozen sacks. So they've had success getting to Mac Jones. And they've uh, largely played two backup tackles in, in most, most recent history with the New England Patriots. Okay. Which brings us to something else, another box you want to check if you're a Cardinals fan. My Jay yep. Sanders. Get him 90% of the snaps. There's five games to go. There's no reason not to, especially when Vance Joseph says he's been really good against the run. Okay, then why isn't he playing for second and third down? Because you love his skill set as a pass rusher, and if he's been reliable against the run and he's been adept at setting the edge, to me – there's no reason not to play him the vast majority of the snaps in this game. He should not be in some sort of pass rushing package at this point. Just let him rip, let him learn on the job. And you always like to say, reading between the lines when Vance Joseph speaks to the media, did you not get the impression that my Jay Sanders is ahead, maybe even well ahead of his fellow third round draft pick, Cameron Thomas? Now, there are two different edge rushers. My Jay stands up, comes off the edge. Cameron Thomas. Can do that, but we've seen him with his hand in the dirt, more of an inside yep. guy, maybe alongside a Zach Allen and J.J. Watt, because he did that more at San Diego State. Yep. But it does seem, and we even I even noticed this in training camp in the preseason, because it's easy to just tell a young player, go get the quarterback off the edge. Just rush. Get into the backfield any way you can. But to your point, I would like to see both of them play more than the sometimes nine snaps or 20 snaps that we've seen the last couple of weeks. I did do an interview this week with Cam Thomas, the third-round rookie, uh, Cardinals TV. We talked about a couple of things. Yes, he was very amped up for the Chargers game because he grew up with the San Diego Chargers. He had a ton of family in town for that game from San Diego. Uh, yes, the uh, sack celebration was a shout-out to surfers in the SoCal culture. He says he's a really bad surfer. I said, there's no way you can get on anything except an ultra longboard, right? He's all, yeah, my size, i got to get on a longboard. Uh, but as to how they're using him, yeah, they're using him inside just as much as they're using him off the edge. And they're really not asking him to be in space and in coverage very much, <laughs> rightfully so. I mean, there were times at San Diego State he played nose tackle. So uh, he's used to being that interior D lineman, and I'm not so sure that is in his future. I, I don't know if this offseason for Cam Thomas isn't spent akin to what Zach Allen did after his rookie year, trying to put on some size, trying to bulk up a little bit, and then maybe he's, he's a really effective three or five technique going forward. Does he become the replacement for J.J. Watt? Mm. Now all of a sudden you're not playing inside where Rashard Lawrence and Lucky Fotu are, and they still have question marks themselves. But does that now all of a sudden? Now that, that's just a question, yep. just uh, that came to mind because you talk to him and what we're seeing, maybe things do change here. These yep. final five games, where are players lining up? Does that give us an indication on where this coaching staff sees them? Not this season, but perhaps next season. Because we've also seen Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons on the edge quite a bit, and that's great. I don't view that as their future. I, I view that as a necessity because of the lack of edge rush prowess that this team has. Still, the leading edge rusher has two sacks on this team, so it's glaring, and, and there's no doubt they go. And I think Kyle Vandenbosch even said, yep. former edge rusher extraordinaire, said, you know what, the Cardinals go into this year's draft with a lot of the same needs they had last year. Although I disagree a little bit on the cornerback spot. We viewed corner as an ultra need. If you're bringing back Byron Murphy, 
I do like the combo of Marco Wilson and Antonio Hamilton. I'm, I'm not so sure you're looking at corner in the first or second round. Just fingers crossed with Byron Murphy because that back, I mean, yeah. Paul, he was on the practice field on Wednesday, was not on the practice field on Thursday, and seeing him walk around the locker room didn't really look all that great. He's already missed three games as he missed a fourth game, and DJ Humphreys was shut down with a back issue. Do we get to the point where Byron gets shut down because of back? And Vance Joseph, reading between the lines again, go. about a month ago when this first flared up with Byron Murphy, brought up on his own that you get young guys with back issues, it can be a concern. Could be one reason why there's been no contract extension as of yet. That's a gray area. There's some uncertainty there. There's, there's no doubt about that. So um, we'll see. But getting back to the Cardinals' needs, uh, I would say Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, I want to see them in the roles you envision them playing. None of these packages uh, where they're going to come off the edge if that's not what you're seeing as their future. Let's see Zayman Collins strictly a middle linebacker, a Mike backer. Let's see Isaiah Simmons in whatever hybrid role you envision for him. And you know what? I hope that teams go after Isaiah Simmons like the Chargers did at the end. He needs to continue to learn on the job. Where are the eyes? Can he be reliable? Or is he going to be a step slower? Just that instant reaction is just he hesitates just enough to get beat in coverage. So we'll see. We'll see what the Patriots have in mind. And that's always the great thing about playing Bill Belichick is what does he think of you? You found out. You find out in that first quarter. What does he assess as what you do best? Because he's going to try and take that away on both sides or attack your weaknesses. What is that? So I always find it intriguing to go against Belichick just watching, even from the sideline. Okay, where is the Patriots' focus on both sides of the ball? Because he's telling you what he thinks of you. This might be a great game then for both Isaiah and Zavin as far as the number one offensive weapon for the Patriots is running back Ramondre Stevenson. 734 rushing yards, but it's his 56 catches, third mm. most among running backs, and just the yards from scrimmage that he's had over these last three games. He is the main offensive weapon. And keep an eye on wide receiver Jacoby Myers. He's in concussion protocol. He's your number one wide receiver, might not be available this week. And it was Stevenson who Vance talked up as far as where their focus is when you're not talking about the quarterback. And when Buda Baker talked in the media, he's like, hey, I need help, <laughs> okay? This dude is a load, big, big running back. And he's going to break any and every arm tackle that's out there. And he's going to challenge guys. So uh, guess what? It needs to be Buddha and company getting to the ball carrier. You got to get a lot of hats over there because, according to Buddha and what he saw in film, he, this guy does not get solo tackled. It doesn't happen. So um, guess what? You, you better be ready to ball. Once again, it, it's a guy like Ramondre Stevenson, two forty plus, who can make you look bad in prime time. So that's one of those things you're going to know right from the get go. Have the Cardinals come to tackle? Have they come to play? Is the mentality there? The physicality? Is it there? We'll see that early enough. And if it isn't, oh, you know, Belichick is going to feed Ramondre Stevenson. He'll get 20-plus touches easily, maybe by halftime. And there will be a big spotlight on what the Cardinals defensively are not doing. You already referenced Troy Aikman. It was Antonio Hamilton, and we saw on hard knocks, Hamilton owned up to it, thought that George Kittle was out of bounds, but our business decisions being made here over these last five games, regardless of offense or defense, because you have five games, whether you win them all or lose them all, what do you put on film? Are you here next year? Are you not here next year? Are you out of the league next year? 
So maybe the motivation postseason, not so much. But do you still want to play football in the pro game? Because, as they say, the eye in the sky does not lie. And I'm very curious on what kind of Cardinals team we get. We get Because coming off the Mexico City loss, the Cardinals did respond and played yep. very well against the Chargers. Now what happens this week on Monday Night Football? And on Hard Knocks, we saw Vance Joseph talking to the defense after the Mexico City loss, after that fourth quarter where there were a lot of big touchdowns by the 49ers, a lot of um, lackluster tackling, shall we say, out there. And Vance Joseph's quote, uh, quoting it loosely, was, we don't want our name on that sort of film. That's not our brand of ball. So that is the message going into this one. Other things I'd like to see would be red zone defense. Right now, the Cardinals, in almost every metric, are dead last in the NFL in red zone defense. Why is that? Is the football IQ not there? Like it wasn't at the end of the Chargers game, where they're getting beat with certain schemes and play calls? Here's the thing. The New England Patriots are dead last in red zone offense. Their touchdown rate is abysmal. So something's got to give there, as they like to say. Third down as well. New England is 27th with a 36% conversion rate. And how often does Vance Joseph talk about that? It's red zone. It's third down. It's stopping the run. You know, in that order in a lot of cases in today's NFL. So where will the Cardinals rate in those categories defensively? That's, that's what we're looking at. And then that banged-up New England offensive line, all right, look, your two leading sack guys are your two interior defensive linemen, J.J. Watt and Zach Allen. Can they continue to get home and push that pocket from the inside out? Trent Brown, Isaiah Wynn, your two tackles for the Patriots, both questionable. Brown dealing with an illness, Wynn a foot issue. And, yeah, defensively for the Cardinals, 31st in scoring, dead last in red zone, 28th on third down. You look at the Patriots on offense, 25th in third down and tied for 31st in red zone. In fact, Paul, they have not scored a touchdown in their last seven trips inside the 20-yard line. Wow. Wow. And so you know why New England Patriots fans are frustrated. Yeah, it's, uh, that, that, that will determine games. So right now the Patriots are 6-6. Six and six. They still do have somewhat realistic playoff aspirations, but only – if they figure out their offense. Because basically the formula has been score 17 or more points and you beat the Patriots because they just can't score. They, they, you know, they're trading touchdowns for field goals way too often. And then that ultimately adds up to a loss for this team. Uh, they're getting a lot of blowback on their offensive scheme and the play calling and Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator. We've covered that. So how different does it look? Can you take Belichick at face value when he says it's not realistic because we can't practice it any significant scheme change look Belichick's defense is so deep and vast the playbook that talking to a lot of Cardinals players on offense this week you never quite know what he's going to bring he will do different things and you try over the course of a game to sort of get a bead on okay here's what he's doing this is the theme this week and then he constantly is changing things up and that's what makes it difficult for any quarterback is you can't say that they're coming with one, two, or three. It could be one, two, or 300 different things you see. So if that's the case on defense, why not on offense? I know defense is Belichick's side of the ball, but the Belichick ways are to at least have enough in the arsenal to pull them out week to week to beat you. Once again, what does that mean? What's the style of offense for New England on Monday night? Well, you've got Cliff Kingsbury going up against his mentor, if you will. Bill Belichick, Vance Joseph matching wits with Bill Belichick. So perhaps two on one 
the Cardinals can get the best of the Patriots on Monday night. 6.15 is the kickoff, 2.30 pregame. And fans, for those that are coming to the game, support the toy drive presented by Desert Financial Credit Union. Bring a new unwrapped toy to the game and drop it off at a collection point outside the stadium. They'll be all over the place, and the toy drive benefits Arizona Helping Hands. Again, that is this Monday, third primetime game. Cardinals have one more on Christmas nights. But it is a long time, Paul, since this team, with Kyler Murray at the quarterback, has been in the win column. Week 7, and that was the Thursday night game against the New Orleans Saints. That's the last time Kyler Murray walked off the field with a W. And we know the record last year in primetime was not good for the Arizona Cardinals. 0-4 in primetime. So this whole Monday night thing, and we saw what happened in Mexico City against the 49ers, I mean, this is something they they need to address. And I think internally in that locker room, just the whole you know showcase it is Monday night. Uh, yes, I, look, they may not have realistic hopes in any sense in the NFC playoff picture, but guess what? You, you want to go out there, and I don't expect to have a flat football team. I don't expect if the Cardinals are not playing at their best to be a byproduct of a lack of energy or intensity or urgency. I think they've heard internally that on Monday night uh, they have not been good uh, the last couple of years. So let's uh, figure out what you're going to see against a Patriots team that definitely has reason to be motivated. And let's just get a home win. Cardinals are mm. one and six mm. at home this season, and yes, that does include the game in Mexico City, second worst home record in the National Football League. The Texans are 0-5 and one. Cardinals again home on Monday night and then home on Christmas nights against Tampa Bay. So the Cardinals with two more chances at State Farm Stadium. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Amahandro. For Paul Calvisi, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.